This is the great show I had from the Hellfire Symphony, and you're listening to the Oversell Podcast. Stay tuned with them, or I'm going to send you to hell. It is episode 122, and we are looking back at this week in wrestling. Get ready. This is the Oversell Podcast. I tell you. Every week, it doesn't get any easier to record a podcast, does it, Mike? <laughs> no, it does not. My goodness, we have found. I had to find every cable I could to be able to have a guest on tonight. Uh, and without further ado, I'll introduce our guest. It is Fred Feltner. Fred, you got to go to SmackDown this week. You wanted to come on. You had some thoughts, and I want you to share them with us. But first off, thanks for coming on, and how you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm on a little on the tired side. Just a lot of work for the last week consecutively, working through the weekends and whatnot. But I know I'm preaching to the choir. You you have some long hours too on your end, so I am a seven AM to four PM kind of guy. I get I get up so, early, I get it done, and then I get out of there. To qu- to quote uh Stone Cold Steve Austin, a swig of water for the working man. So. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Glug, glug, glug. Um we had a pay per view this week. We had uh, WWE Fastback, Fast <laughs> Fastlane, Fast pay, pay Fast Lane, <laughs> Fast Pay Road, Fast Fastback, whatever. We had that this weekend. It was all right. I mean, it wasn't by any means like WrestleMania 17. But then again, what is? Um, but it was an all right show. It was uh, a lot better than I was expecting. Yeah, I'll say that. I'll say that. Uh, some some shockers to be. Honest, I, I had bit, yeah. Randy Orton winning the U.S. title and becoming a Grand Slam champion at fucking Fastlane yeah. is ridiculous. I don't understand the thought process there. But then again, you're also talking to the <laughs> but it's Randy Orton. Yeah, it's so Randy no Orton. Way you don't understand anything so about it. yeah, yeah. So, what are you guys' thoughts of Randy Orton being our new U.S. champion? I booed the shit out of him last <laughs> night. I was second row. So I, I haven't watched it back, but I wouldn't be surprised if you don't hear a boo, like just a loud, deafening <laughs> boo as soon as he held the microphone to his face to speak. It's just, I don't understand. I don't understand a Randy Orton fan. I really don't see what know what people see in him. And that's, I know, I, and I've been like that his whole career. To me, he's never been really any good on the microphone. You know his promos. His promos are about as stiff as Kurt Angle's neck. Um, I don't know. He doesn't have any charisma to me. as the charisma of a wet noodle, um, and at least a wet noodle's wiggly. You know, that's all I can say. The best he ever was on the stick was when he got a shoulder injury, and they kept doing those like breaking news, and it looked like a like a CNN kind of like ticker, and he was like, my elbow or my shoulder is like sixty percent better, and like nobody cared. Like it was when he was just new, and nobody really knew him, but they kept doing those, you know, breaking, and you know, it's seventy percent this week. Like that was the most personality I think I've ever seen out of Randy Orton. What was funny is. He was in a dark match with Shinsuke versus Corbin and Ziggler, and he was selling over by the barricade. 
And we were right along ringside because we moved up for 205 Live, and he's there. And I go, man, Randy Orton's my fourth favorite uh, Evolution uh, member. And then everybody <laughs> laughed. And I said, no, make it five because I like Mark Jindrak better too. Oh, <laughs> hey, hey, don't don't hate on Jindrak. Don't sleep on Jindrak. Jindrak was awesome. Everyone knows that I was a um, Natural Born Thrillers fan. They were the best stable ever to me. <laughs> With their charismatic leader and above-average Mike Sanders, Reno was the badass of the group. Uh, you had Sean O'Hare, which I will fight you to the day. Anyone that says otherwise, had they not paired Sean O'Hare with Piper, he would have. He probably still would be in the WWE successfully. And not dead. And not dead. <laughs> I mean, not, so you're I, saying Piper killed now, O'Hare. No, what I'm saying is, you know, they put. I don't. Who know? I don't understand the thought process. And I, and Randy Piper, top three all time favorites, ran easily to me. And for him to be paired with O'Hare during when O'Hare was holding his own, I thought with his promos, you know, just being the devil's advocate. Right. You know, I, to me, they gave up on O'Hare too quickly in that role by himself, and just. You know, oh hey, there's Roddy Piper. Hey Roddy, go do something with Sean O'Hare. Like, uh, okay, but that's just me. And I could, we could do a two-hour episode on how much I love the Natural Born Thrillers. <laughs> do you, any you got what? Any thoughts on the? Do you guys remember the Natural Born Thrillers or anything about them? I know, I know, Fred's gonna remember them. Did we lose Fred? I think we lost Fred. <laughs> and there's no telling when. Yep, I think he just. Oh well. Well, he'll call right back. Um, but yeah, just Randy Orton winning the title, that just seemed like a weird, weird... It was definitely a shock. I didn't see and it then, coming. I mean, as the match progressed and they kept reiterating how that's the one title that's eluded him, you know, his entire career, I was like, okay, they they may throw a sword of at us here, but... Yeah, it's it's weird to have title changes right before WrestleMania. Yeah, and and especially, like... Is this going to be, is the nickname for this WrestleMania, WrestleMania Triple Threat, that's going to be Fred calling back? Welcome back, my friend. No clue what happened, but. Yeah, it's just that kind of night. Uh, what was the last thing you heard <laughs> us talking about? Uh, Piper was one of your favorites of all time. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. What? And my th- I'll finish that thought for you. Um, Piper, like I said, was one of my top three. So, I'm not saying it's Piper's fault that O'Hare didn't get over because I think he could have gotten over himself. It was just like, yeah, hey, O'Hare, get with Piper and do some stuff. Like, all right, you know, where do you go? You know, not, and it's no, like I said, nothing against Piper. I love Rowdy Rowdy Piper, but putting him with O'Hare, just, I think that hurt O'Hare in the long run. Yeah, I actually enjoyed O'Hare, and it was one of those things uh, back when it happened where you're just like, man, that sucks, you know, because the push just kind of evaporated, Yep. <laughs> you know, like, man, what happened with that? And wasn't that around the time when he started doing something with Zach Gowan? Like, wasn't that O'Hare, wasn't O'Hare around when he ripped off the leg of Zach Gowan? Because I remember Jericho making fun of Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah, I, I remember that it was the era of the like the split pay per views and the, you know the exclusive brand pay per views and whatnot. So it was it was around that time. Bragging rights, brother. <laughs> wow, such, such a no. Oh, that was just horrible back in the day. Anyway, we were talking. Me and Mike were just talking. Like, you know, it's weird that um, not only did uh, Rude drop the U.S. title, they made 
Orton, a Grand Slam champion at Fastlane. Then you got Jim McCall come out, and like this is shaping up to be WrestleMania triple threat because they're having so many multi-people matches going on in it. Largest roster ever. It's a cool video game tagline, but it's a clusterfuck when you're trying to put on a show. You I, know, I, I agree. So uh, what else you want to talk about from Payback? I thought Ruby Riot had a great showing. <laughs> you're still calling it Payback, huh? Fastlane, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> What, I think Ruby Riot, she held her own with Charlotte pretty well. I was really impressed it with was, her. It was a decent match. Um, I, I really love the Bludgeon Brothers coming out and destroying the world. Yeah, yeah, yep. man. That's That was very Nexus of them to come out and yep. do what they did. Uh, I enjoyed that as well. And I like the next night or on SmackDown where they had Big E team up with Uso yeah. just to take on the Bludgeon Brothers because they're fighting for their brothers. And it actually was a pretty good story, so... What else from Fastlane did you guys like? Man, I'll be perfectly honest with you. This was the first time ever where I skipped the pay-per-view, and then Monday morning I watched the 30-minute condensed version on YouTube where they just completely just skipped through the highlights. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I tell you, it was less excruciating doing that. But, <laughs> you know, but... Uh, yeah, the the Ruby Riot Charlotte match, I honestly wasn't impressed. I was kind of underwhelmed by it, sadly. I don't know what your guys' thoughts were on that, but I I thought Ruby Riot held her own. I mean, uh, you know, there's the big the big moment was Oscar coming out and challenging Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. Yeah. Which, that was actually kind of shocking to me because I thought she was going to fight Alexa Bliss. Right. And great job done there, and it's going to be interesting to see if Oscar wins. What if she, is she on SmackDown? now or yeah yeah i guess so that that's yeah. gonna be crazy no raw without oscar which you know that may be good because you'll get some fresh matchups there you'll get her versus becky and um glowy mcglowerson and <laughs> uh you know hey, naomi is great yeah I'm, i couldn't think of her name so i just had to use uh, y'all, y'all knew who i was talking about um and that's if carmella doesn't cash in and beat oscar you know yeah oh my god that the Ooh, the booze that would get. Oh, my God. That would be hilarious. How much would that put her over as a heel, though? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, if she's the one, if Carmella, of all people, is the one that, you know, ends her there's streak. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. There's just no way they're going to do it. F-A-B-L-O-R-O-R-O. Uh the, the one to beat the streak down the road will be Ronda. Ronda Rousey. So she's going to switch to SmackDown also? Maybe next year it's for some reason it's Rousey vs. Oscar. Oscar goes I undefeated. See that? Yeah, we yeah. talked about that. I think the last time we recorded, everybody's waiting for that one. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. Just, just you know, we don't have to talk about the whole pay per view. Just bits and pieces of stuff that's good. Is Nak is Nakamura is Rusev being wasted, being thrown to Nakamura, knowing that they're going to try to keep him looking strong for Mania? Yes. Mm-hmm. What would y'all do with what would y'all be doing differently with Rusev right now? He seems to be over because people love the Rusev Day stuff. Um, but what would you guys want to be doing? What what do you guys want to see Rusev doing? You want my hot take? Take it. You know how back in the day, you and, know, they'd have a mania like either Ross I lost Fred or I can't. Oh, there it's, it's our headphones. Okay. Sorry, continue Fred. You want, you managed to start up with Ross. They would have like an inner brand match at uh, Mania, where Raw versus SmackDown, it was actually pretty decent, you know, most of the time. Why not have Braun versus Rusev? 
what the hell's Braun doing at Mania? What no. the hell's Rusev doing at Mania? But the scorching hot take on it, why not have Rusev go over on Braun? Well, Braun's going to be wrestling for the tag team titles at Mania now. <laughs> That's what it looks I like. I don't see that happening. And if they do, they're fucking idiots because you just buried your entire tag team division. <laughs> so I saw an interesting take as to who should come in to be his partner. What if this is how they bring Neville back? Uh, I don't know. Neville and Braun as a tag team? Honestly, That's a since, weird matchup. Since, uh, since Brock is probably gone after WrestleMania, uh, could be Bobby Lashley. Because they were saying originally Bobby Lashley was going to come in and that was going to be Brock's post-WrestleMania feud. Mm. But, mm. but that'd be a good way to bring Bobby Lashley in just mm. out of nowhere. Interesting. Interesting yeah. thought. Hmm. Um... Anything else from Fastlane? AJ Styles is the best in the fucking world. I think that's... Is it the right call to have Owens eat the pen? Um, well, it was due to interference from Shane, right? So, yeah. depending on what we get, do we get do we get Shane McMahon, Daniel Bryan at Mania? I don't know. They just said Shane was taking a leave of absence or whatever for a while. He got the, got the shit beat out of him last night. Yeah. Well, you know, originally, like, the first plans when it happened was to get eventually have um, Shane and Vince team up against Owens and Zayn, like, originally. And, like, please don't put a 70-year-old ring, a man in the ring, yeah. <laughs> with a dude like that. That's just... Uh, hit me, you son of a bitch. Hit me! Uh. You already headbutted him, right? Yeah, right. That's, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he cussed Kevin Owens out when he was doing it, just so Kevin Owens would put a little extra meat into it. Um, anything else from Fastlane? I mean, like I said, AJ Styles is the best in the world, and we're going to get to see AJ Styles and Nakamura. Thank goodness they didn't do anything to add another person to that match because right. I would have been pissed off because that's pretty much what I'm going to Mania to see. Uh, a lot of people want to see, are excited about seeing a Taker. Like, I don't know if you've watched Taker the past couple of years, but I mean. I'm excited for it, you know, if it does happen, which it obviously looks like it is. But in my own fantasy booking, I know it would piss you off to be there for this. You're going to say the biker taker. And yes. it, it, do you think you're the first person that's come to me making <laughs> biker taker jokes? <laughs> well, see, I'm, here. I'm not even joking. This I've got it played out of why it will work. Because, I mean, basically you could have, you know, Cena's already in the ring. The gong hits, light goes out. And then, since he's already there anyway, Kid Rock comes up, starts playing American Badass. Undertaker rises up out of the stage on the motorcycle, flies down, and the crowd goes wild because Biker Taker has returned. Yeah. <laughs> At least that's how I want it to play out. Um, you know, the, the dead man gimmick is dead. You know, the, that's, the dark forces have left him. He's just a badass. Well, that's what Fred said uh, to me in a text the other day. And, Fred, I'm not going to steal the thunder on your story, so why don't you explain your thought um, that you texted me the other day with? Oh, it was just from Cena's promo, which I thought Cena had an incredible promo in Detroit. Um, the crowd was awesome, and he had the fan interaction. It was all about the fans and – but then when he started addressing The Undertaker, which that pop, too, when he challenged The Undertaker was deafening, like attitude era pop. Um, he started bringing up 
you know, breaking the fourth wall kind of stuff. And they never, they never do that with Undertaker, ever. And he's, you know, made fun of him for, oh, I saw your little workout videos on your wife's Instagram and, ooh, the crowd. But why now? Why out of all these years now they break the the fourth wall with, with Taker and, oh, he's not a zombie? He's a human? So it just stuff like that, little nuances like that. Um, excuse me, the term is zombie wizard. Zombie <laughs> wizard. There you go. But yeah, just it, I don't know that little nuance right there. It just leads me to believe, and especially last year, how he he sat the gloves and the coat and the you know hat down and kind of did sort of a retirement. Well, he retired as Undertaker. He didn't literally retire from the ring. So. I think we, they had their moment last year, and now you're going to get the human grandpa biker dude <laughs> that drinks that drinks Heinekens and Bud Lights and whatever they have on tap at your local VFW hall talking about the good old days. Uh, I want him to come back. I, I think they break the fourth wall down completely, and he comes out as mean Mark. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he comes out in his old Red Memphis wrestling gear. Comes out with the gear. Zach Morris phone. Yeah, there you go. There you go. With Paul Heyman at his side. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's that's my thought. What do you – all right, so Brock since – has Brock has not been on TV since last pay-per-view for Raw, right? He hasn't been on Raw at all. On the build to WrestleMania, we have not seen our fucking universal champion at Raw at all how fucking stupid is that beyond it is ridiculous i mean i've seen why they're doing it you know it's they're really trying to get people behind roman reigns and if you know brock lesnar the attraction isn't showing up at these shows they're hoping that he gets booed and reigns gets cheered see i i I think it's just brock not giving a damn and that's just me because i'm also not a brock lesnar guy never been but i think it's brock not giving a damn and you know he's only his contract says, I only have to do this many dates. I'm going to do it. I really think that is. And plus, maybe he's, he's getting ready for the UFC as well. Oh, I believe that. And uh, I really like I really like what Roman Reigns has been doing on the mic. Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, I've never had a problem with Roman Reigns. I'll say that right now. I've always liked Roman Reigns. I, I have too. To, and, you know, people are complaining like, oh, Roman Reigns. Tell me the last bad Roman Reigns match you watched. Yeah, and I agree with you, but here's the problem, and, th- and, I- and I'll be quick as I can with this. You and I both are defenders of people who don't use idiotic terms like IWC, and I know you're always there with the quickness, either in person or if it's on social media, when people throw that term out, IWC, oh, you don't like Reigns because you're IWC, as they posted on the internet. But the problem I think people have is when have you had organic build for someone? The only thing I can think that comes to mind is Daniel Bryan and Stone Cold. I I cannot for the not not like mid card or stuff like that, but actual talent, actual WWE based talent. And again, not indie people who jumped over from the indies, WWE people. When have you had and then Elias is the newest uh, iteration, which he's getting his ass beat and in pianos thrown over his head or whatever the hell they're doing these days. Maybe they'll blow him up next week with Braun. <laughs> they'll just put dynamite to him. But 
you have instances, you have the largest roster ever, and you have so many missed opportunities of people that could organically get over. You make excuses that say, well, the fans determine who gets over. And people like Rusev, like Rusev, Rusev Day chants at Ring of Honor events. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you have them curtain jerking to Nakamura. If you want Nakamura to have just a decent opener match and be light for Mania so you don't get injured and it's a trusted, I get it. But to have Rusev curtain jerking and then taking the pen and he he has the hottest selling shirt and fans will not stop chanting that, to me, it just it's idiotic. It makes no sense. So this is the problem that people have. It's not so much Reigns hate or, oh, you're an IWC member because you don't like Reigns. No, it's the fact that you have these invisible rules and, as they mentioned, the brass ring. But then when you have someone who's obviously not – it's not working and you've tried for four years and it's not his fault to your credit and to his credit, as you mentioned, he puts on amazing matches and he's awesome as a human and as a wrestler. But when you see people not getting pushes and then you see this failed attempt for four years and they make every excuse in the book to support it, but then when other people are organically getting over, they're just like, eh, just throw him to Braun or, oh, just put him on the opener. It, it That's the thing as a passionate wrestling fan that really pisses you off. So coming from that standpoint, I like Reigns. But I, I just I don't understand the logic behind the booking. And it makes me not care about people or not like people that I should like. That's just that's it. That's my rant on that on that issue. You know, when you said organically over, you know who the first person I thought of in the past, I'll say seven years? Damian Sandow. There you Perf- go. There's perfect another, example. There's a good good. Oh example. my God. He was tearing it up. Mm-hmm. Just do, it, just getting over doing everything is like, all right, well, we got to make you do something else because that failed. Oh, you're going to act like and you're going to mimic the Miz, whatever he does in the ring. That No way that'll get over. And if it gets over, we'll give you something else. Oh, that's getting over. Now you're going to buy. We don't we don't want you yeah. here. I mean, that's just that was such a terrible waste of great talent. Because then after that, he went to Impact and he came out by his actual name. But then. That only lasted a short period of time where he was normal, and then he started coming out wearing like makeup and like pink Ric Flair robes, and he was all like effeminate. And Impact fucked that up, and he left there. Yeah, it's, it's the sad case that is Damian Sandow. Yeah. Um, let's see, let's see. We talked about Reigns, talked a little bit about Brock, uh, Raw this week. Like I said, Braun Strowman won a battle royal by himself. And now he's going to be, as of right now, it's him taking on the bar, the bar, which, which I'm with Fred here. If they lose to one dude, they're killing their tag team division on Raw. And you and what sucks is you have so many talented tag teams. You've got the Good Brothers. You've got the, revival. the, the bar, the revival. How are you not, what, why are you, why is the revival jobbing out so much to people when they're, a throwback to tag teams that you think WWE would love, like the Mechanics and the Brainbusters yeah. and sh- shit like that. But no, we, we got to get you know this other tag team over. It just makes no sense. And you can argue with me all you want. WWE sees it. Tons of fans see it. The revival is is a throwback to classic Southern champion, classic Southern tag team wrestling. I agree. 
I think it's just a waste. I do too. Fred, what do you think? We go job all day, all night. <laughs> <laughs> Say yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, Alpha. I mean, look look at American Alpha. They were they had a great tech. Now, granted, Benjamin's great with Gable, but they just they, they have all this talent and they just squander it. And Vince McMahon is notorious for hating tag team wrestling as opposed to just singles wrestling. But think of how many awesome tag team matches you've seen, like, even going back to the earliest days that you remember as a kid, like Rockers and British Bulldog and, you know, Heart, Heart Foundation, Legion of Doom, Demolition. I mean, we could go on. Mm-hmm. And the tag team matches for me and the Intercontinental were probably my favorites over yeah. sometimes the main event, seeing Hulk Hogan fight Bastion Booger or whoever the hell, you know. Like, I will tell you this. I will tell you this. When I was a kid, there was no tag team I liked to watch more than the Steiner Brothers. Steiner Brothers, yeah. another one. Uh, they easily probably top two favorite tag teams of all time. That and the Road Warriors. I mean, you always knew you're going to get something like some sort of double team pot, double team DDT, double team Bulldog from the Steiners, and then right. Rick Steiner throws that hellacious lariat. And Scott Steiner, when he would hit a fucking Frankensteiner, Frankensteiner. Yeah. the oh. first time he did that, I thought he killed a guy. I was like, <laughs> Dad, is that dude dead? Because he looks like it. And, you know, it just sucks that we could get back to that era if the 70-year-old man in charge would let it happen because tag team wrestling can be very exciting. Just look at NXT. Exactly. Well, And you mentioned Alpha. To me, I've said this plenty of time alpha was called up to the main roster way too early they needed to develop characters yeah. a little bit more yeah and the p- part of the problem with them coming onto the main roster was they didn't have the revival to get them over as faces either think about that what got american alpha over in nxt the revival oh, yeah. yeah so that's just what it is and you know you you see these tag teams in nxt like right now you've got uh tm61 you've got authors of pain um, a couple of others, and you feel for them because if you get called up, you're going to get stuck in oblivion. Now, Vince seems like the kind of type of guy when he sees um, authors of pain come up. Oh yeah, that's the oh, kind yeah. of tag team. Nothing but beef, baby. <laughs> and War Machine. War Machine. Yep. Yeah. That's there. Oh, I cannot wait to see them debut yep. in NXT. Um. So yeah, um bit of controversy um uh, in the WWE, you know, um it's funny. We have the Be a Star, we have Me Too, we have Rise Up and the WWE goes and names <laughs> their female battle royal coming up at WrestleMania after the fabulous Mula or the Queen of Pimps, fabulous Mula. I mean, that hopefully they're going to see the blowback they're kind of getting from this, and they change the name of it. Now, Vince doesn't seem like the guy that, I'm not backing down. Right. <sighs> it was Moolah. <sighs> I mean, and what stinks is you had so many great women's wrestlers other than Moolah that you could make a name. You could use, like, the Wendy Richter yeah. Battle Royal. You have, you know, the Luna, Luna Vachon. That would be cool. Or, or um, I mean, seriously, if... If they've considered Moolah and every you know from her past and everything, there's no reason they couldn't have chose China, the, the Joni Lauer. Yeah, you know what are your guys' thoughts on this whole fabulous Moolah deal? And I, I think I know where Fred's going to go, but I want to hear his take. But Mike, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on? 
Well, I didn't know too much about the whole Moolah thing until here recently when people were like, holy shit, what the fuck? So I looked into it and saw that, yeah, she was apparently a horrible, horrible woman. Mm -hmm. And just, it was all about her and getting money and didn't care what she put other people through in order to do that. And that seems like the exact opposite of what WWE wants to be a part of. I mean, they, they suspend people right and left as soon as something pops up negative about them in the media. And then they go along and do this. <laughs> Emma steals a cell phone case from he his print store. Fired. You're fired! <laughs> Moolah's off getting people raped and stuff. And, oh, we name a battle royal after yeah. you. That's that, that, that point, yeah, I see that. Fred, what, what's your take, man? There's a phrase that I like to use often when I'm dealing with other humans, and it's <clears throat> selective outrage. And people turn the other cheek when it doesn't appeal to their ideologies or their favorite wrestler or favorite person. It's like I always say, like with sports, it's just like that. Oh, that was pass interference. No, it wasn't. That was a clean, good call. You know, good no call, ref. And then when it happens, you go, what the hell? We got screwed. You know, uh, people lack that objective gene to just look at things and go, well, that person's shitty. But you can't cherry pick what outrages you if it doesn't make sense. Like, you don't want the fabulous Moolah Battle Royal, but when that glass breaks in North in, in uh, New Orleans, you're going to go nuts over the wife beater coming out, Stone Cold Steve Austin. So you it, people just have this selective idea of what pisses them off or, eh, you know what, well, everybody does that. It could be the most heinous thing, yeah, but everybody's actively, you know, so... I, I mean, WWE is an extremely hypocritical company. They do Susan G. Komen, but the chairman donated $11 million to the guy that grabs women by the pussy. Right. You know, like the Be A Star thing. Now they fat shame, which is a gimmick. Like, we've seen that over and over again. And even with the perpetrator, Mickey James, who got made fun of for being porky and piggy. And, and even at that point, I'm like, God, that's so tired. So... Imagine people's outrage over a lot of the common stuff. What about all the racist angles that we've had in WWE? You had the well, Mexicals. Too sensitive. Well, you, you, oh, no, no, what no. is it then? You yeah, know? right, like, right. I don't remember it, people getting upset when the Mexicals would come out on Juan Deers. Juan Deers. Blackface. Right. <laughs> yep. That Multiple times. Oh, yeah. And not only that, that dude that did that, uh, is now like a top agent with the company, and the guy that w impersonated The Rock is now the COO of the company as well. And and that's the thing, like it's it's kind of you try to see both sides. I, I don't like people that their go to is yeah we become too soft these days and everything's so PC. Well, we try to be good humans and be compassionate about other people, but at the same time, there's also you know the mom at BW3s that I tried to get UFC on the TV and they go um I'm sorry we can't put that on. Well, why not? Oh, uh, one of the moms complained over there, and I look and it's like the police are raiding this dude's you know apartment and beating the crap out of him. It was an episode of Cops, and you're just kind of like. Okay, like what? <laughs> you know, like you know, regardless, so. uh, you know, and I and I, I completely uh, uh, I understand your take. I, to me personally, 
we if you knew the history of Moolah, I wouldn't name the Battle Royal after, and that's just myself. Out of and I, I agree with you 150%, Derek. To me, honestly, I thought it was common knowledge that people knew Moolah was a piece of shit. Oh, I'm sure Vince knew she was a piece of shit, but... Yeah. No, but like wrestling fans and stuff. Like, right. I didn't, like, I honestly, I honestly, I was confused when people were hitting me up. and like, dude, did you see, like, how pissed people are? I'm like, they didn't know about it? And I don't know. It just seemed like common knowledge to me. It was just always one of those, like, the folklore tales of, like, man, have you ever heard the story about kind of, you know, the the whole deal with her? Uh, it sh- well, it kind of surprised me. And part of that was the era because wrestling promoters back in those days were were just piece of shit human beings. You had the guy running um, Memphis Championship Wrestling back in those days um, that was out of Nashville. His name was Nick Goulis. Him and his partner were fucking assholes. Um, you know, they were going to pay the wrestlers the least amount of money they could get them, just like any other promoter. Uh, and then if you complained, you were run out of the territory and you had no money coming in for wrestling. So I'm not saying it's a, what she did was right. What I'm saying is um, she's just a product of that time. That's how they, you know, that's how people in the wrestling pe- uh, wrestling business did each other. They did lines of coke in the back they did their drugs they had their sex you know you had tammy 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 lynn sitch like stroking off a dude while blowing another dude with pills in the other hand and that's just you know how locker rooms were back then i can only imagine how it were when you know you had uh, the objectifying age of women Mm -hmm. going on so and i'm not uh like i said my my the point of my thing my uh little rant there is she was doing what wrestling promoters just did back then you know here's the bottom line though derek how many people are going to boycott wrestlemania based on this battle royal name a name no yeah nobody a name and if you're more if you're worried about names then go boycott like a Robert E. Lee Elementary School or Adolf Hitler's Science of Arts. You know, like who gives a shit? It's going to be on the pre-show. Nobody's going to watch it, and people are going to continue to give Vince McMahon their money in in spite of themselves or in spite of their fake outrage that they have. It's just it's such a silly, absurd thing. Tomorrow, I guarantee you're going to go on Twitter and someone's going to be mad at a new diva or a, a wrestler. Or, it's just, it's never ending, man. It just watch it, enjoy it. <laughs> right. If you don't support the moral ethics or lack thereof, then don't give them your money. I mean, I don't know what else there is to say about it, dude. Well, you know, and it makes me think back. Did you see the stuff going on with David Starr a couple of months ago? Yeah. Former guest of the yeah. show, taking on the dude that was doing a very, very offensive version of a Jew character. Like he wore this. Yeah. Big giant afro wig with curls going down and it, you know it was <sighs> that dude was a fucking moron. <laughs> so I got to ask you Derek, do you think that there's certain um and I hate that I use inside terms and I'm a regular guy that wants to sound like a wrestler but <laughs> do you think that there is such a thing as cheap heat like going too far when it comes to wrestling? As far as like promos and like how you can, you know, get a, you know, get so, an advantage on your opponent to make fun of them or point out something about them. Yes, and I've seen it. We've had um, a guest on this show, a very nice guy, and a very good wrestler. His name is Brandon S.B. Espinoza. 
And in a match, he stopped, he was wrestling um, an African-American wrestler. And in the match, they're going, they stop, and he just yells out, Black lives don't matter! Right during the whole... <laughs> I remember hearing about that, actually. And, it's, and that, to me, that's like crossing the line. Um, JBL. What did JBL do? When it's one like when he was in Germany. Oh yeah, did the Nazi salute. Yeah. There you go. Easily. That's probably number one <laughs> on there. I never heard that. Yeah, when did that happen? That was when he was like first started getting his uh WWE championship run, wasn't it? Yeah. It was it was around that I mean it had to have been around that time, but yeah. Yeah, he was in the Ger- in Germany through a Nazi salute, lost his gig on um whatever network he was on doing financial mm-hmm. stuff and the WWE no was he wasn't the champion yet he became the champion right after that yeah. i remember that now he became the champion right after that so he goes to germany throws a nazi salute comes back home and wins a world title yep man it's too bad he didn't do it now he could run for office and win <laughs> <laughs> what what was her name that used to uh, own the cincinnati reds i'm sure that's her favorite wrestler marge uh <laughs> What was her name? Margo something. It was a real, really weird name. I'm sure JBL was her favorite wrestler too, which, you know, JBL also comes from that old mold of, you know, all these people are marks and they're fucking idiots. And, yeah. you, you, you know, I, you see so, that at like, the I, I saw the last um, picture an Undertaker took with a fan. And I want to say it was Brock Lesnar guy, so maybe that's why, but he just kind of looked into the camera. <laughs> And it was just like yeah, and he had he looked so he looked just like someone stole his favorite ch- Texas Chainsaw Massacre doll or something. <laughs> did, speaking of which, urn. did you guys see the Taker Kane signing for Kane's run for office and tenant wherever and what is it ten, somewhere? In yeah, it was up near Knoxville. Yeah, Knox County. Yeah. Have you seen the pictures from people that posted them? You know about like their their just their photo op. How just. Yeah, disinterested that's, Undertaker looked in that. Yeah, that's yep. what I was that yep. that's what I was referencing. He looked he looked like and, and he looked like he could give two shits about where he was. And that's you know, that's the difference between the old guard of wrestling and these new guards like your um you know, your independent wrestlers these days because they're getting their money from people going to the shows and buying their merch. So mm-hmm. it's a whole new uh, just a whole new way of treating fans. And plus, you know, these guys are probably mad because we all know what professional wrestling is. It's a choreographed fight. And we're, you know, everyone acts like they're insiders. And, and I kind of get that they're kinda, maybe they're a little upset over that. But these new guards of wrestlers, your Matt Riddles, your, um, you know, your Young Bucks, your Kenny Omegas, their money is, the money now is selling your merchant shows, selling your autographs, and selling your pictures. And, you know, showing that you can be interactive with the fans, and that's what I love about this area era of wrestling. You know, showing Moose, that you're available to the fans. Right, right. You know, Moose comes to a show in Memphis, and he's doing meet and greets, twenty bucks, get you a picture and an autograph, and you know, he's a really nice guy to talk to. You know, <laughs> I, he he asked you so you know he, he would converse with you and stuff like that. Like this kid. Had no intention of spending any money in front of him. He was, you could tell he was like, all right, kid, move right. along. So paying customer comes up and the kid scrams. And, but, you know, it's just totally different between the old guard of professional wrestling and the new guard of professional wrestling as far as um, their interactions with fans go. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I mean, basically what you just said. And, you know, like I was – like I threw in just – yeah, every you know the the indies and all the young guys now see the 
how it's profitable to be available to your fans, you know, to get your face out there, not just, not just put on the good show. And then, you know, you're, you're a superstar, you're, you know, you're a higher being than the fans. I mean, you're, right, you're, right. you're the attraction, they're the paying people. So, you know, that's two separate levels, you know, and I went to that legends of Memphis wrestling show in Jonesboro not too long ago. Mm. Um, I did not talk directly to Bill Dundee. I did not talk t- directly to um, who was the other Tommy Wildfire. Rich, I had to talk to the guy because I guess they were. Bill Dundee has that high and mighty right feeling to himself that yeah I'm not, I, I don't have to talk to you. I'll just talk to my wife. She'll take the money and just I'll smile for the picture. Right. Yeah, Fred. What do you think? Uh, I see, and this this kind of can segue into something else as far as like the live events I've attended is, and we've joked about it on I think the last podcast that we did together a couple weeks ago about it's hard to defend wrestling fans, and especially these new the new age wrestling fans because they're always offended by something, and then they want Attitude Era storylines, and that does not compute. Like, you can't do that. It cancels itself out. And they, it's almost like an entitlement of, like, they they want to get a rise out of people, so we see a lot of trolling now on social media. It's almost just like the fans want to be part of the show, show or be experts or be mad at them or you know, want to boycott something more than just being a fan and just watching it. Mm-hmm. That, and, that part I get, that part I get. And so, and I think someone like, and I'm not trying to make excuses for him because I would have been super shitty if I would have drove over multiple state lines and took PTO or, you know, had some savings that I spent to go meet him mm-hmm. and someone who I respect and like. And then to get in front of him and he's acting like, you know, I just farted in front of Michelle McCool's face or something like (laughs) it would be super disappointing. And like they say, don't meet your heroes. But are we as you know, I'm trying to take accountability. Are we as wrestling fans giving wrestlers a reason to think that we're not? And again, the insider terms, we're not stupid ass marks. I think um, I think it depends really on the person like when what what they perceive as insider term stupid ass mark are assholes and dickheads that wait at the fucking airport when they know wrestlers coming in like and and as soon as they get off the airport and they're tired and they don't want to deal with people or anything like that hey man let me get your picture man i've been waiting here all day for you you want to rub our balls against each other that's cool yeah man that i have absolutely (laughs) no respect for anyone hanging out at an airport trying to get a wrestler there is a time and a place for it you catch sasha banks at a show or something like that or you're waiting outside the arena that's one thing but hanging out in the airport, getting pictures with them with Sasha Banks looks like she just woke up. Probably was on a four or five hour flight with a two hour layover coming up. You know, if you're or if you're Brock Lesnar guy and like, hey, Brock Lesnar's at the airport. <laughs> Fuck you, Brock Lesnar guy. And most of those, the people that do that, they really seem like the people that just want to get a bad picture with somebody just so, so they can post it online and be like, hey, yeah. this guy was a bitch. I can't yeah. believe he treated me this way. And, and you know, I pay for you know, I pay to see you. I saw one that really pissed me off, and it was like, this is what Alexa Bliss really looks like, people. Yeah, like, I saw that one. You know what? I want you to fly from one end of the country to the other, uh, have a long layover, and not a lot of sleep because no one can sleep on an airplane. 
and then I want you to, I'm going to take a picture with you, and I want to see how you fucking look, asshole. Yeah. And it's like, have you smelled or s- observed wrestling fans at a wrestling show? Yeah, that's right. That's capacity to comment on an aesthetic quality of another human with these creatures that sit by us at wrestling shows. Yeah, um, I'm going to be bringing a can, a, a bottle of Febreze with me to every show I go to. <laughs> And just spray it like yeah. So model, just spray it like arrogance in people's eyes. Have so a I, blindfold match with them at Mania, like Jake the Snake did. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Just, just <laughs> my eyes I, are burning. Actually, yeah, I need to get one of those things just like the model Rick Martel. Horrible and, man. And 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 just start and just oh man, you stink. Thanks. You know so, another th- annoying thing too that annoyed me because the Indiana crowd just sucks in general. I'll say it, and I'm a homer. Detroit crowd is one of the best wrestling crowds. Of course, Memphis is another good crowd. But the, the words, 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 clap, 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 clap. Words, words. It's over and over. There's something so annoying about just being surrounded by people who just try to get chants over or just repeat the same chant over and over and over have you ever had any experiences like that at a show where just the, um the ruin it for you only when i watch nxt tapings oh full sale right <laughs> fuck full sale <laughs> anyway um fred you're at smackdown anything uh you want to go over this week that you saw one that you need to get off your chest <sighs> i wish the what chant would get AIDS. oh yeah now. dude yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm definitely have a way, uh, and that's that's one thing I'm happy about. We it was we had my cousin was like, "Do you want to go to the Hall of Fame?" And I was like, "Eh, there's not really anyone going into this class that I want to see." And we end up going to evolve anyway. But I don't want to see Billy Jim, dude. Do what? Hillbilly Jim, man. Oh yeah, I guess that. But that's <laughs> you would you wouldn't want to see the Dudleys. I mean, seriously. Yeah, I don't know who's the big main attraction. Goldberg. Yeah, I don't want to see Goldberg. Um, no. Honestly, if I had the opportunity, I would go to see Ivory. And I don't know, just dealing with sweaty fat dudes, just chanting what while these guys are trying to give a speech about how happy they are to be recognized for what they did in professional wrestling. Just, I think I would get annoyed rather quickly, and I'd rather see Matt Riddle and Will Ospreay tear the house down. Understandable. So, yes, the what chant can go and die a very horrible death. Well, and I made an interesting observation is they only did the what chant with Nakamura and gender. That's pretty weird. I wonder why. <laughs> and then I loved the USA, USA during the uh, match that involved Bobby Roode and Jinder Mahal, which both reside north of us in the great country of <laughs> Canada. Uh, They're both Canadian. I remember Kevin Owens coming out, and I think he had a match with Sami Zayn or some other non-American, and he's like, I'm going to get these people to chant USA at two non-Americans. And sure enough, they did the match. <laughs> and he looked at the Kevin Owens, looked right in the camera, and said, I told you I was. Yep. Um, the, the best thing about last night was being uh, ringside for Roderick Strong versus Cedric Alexander with the winner going on to face um, either Mustafa Ali or Drew Gulak. That match takes place next week. That match was easily the best match of the night, including SmackDown, and that was one of the best wrestling matches I've seen in months out of anything. out WWE, outside of WWE, indies. Do yourself a favor if you have, if you have not watched it yet. Watch 205 Live from this week and watch that match. 
you know, it's amazing what has happened with that show since they gave the reins to Triple H. Mm-hmm. It really is. And having a character like Drake Maverick, you know, he has done nothing but right, and he seems to be a serious authority figure. And when they said, when I heard Rockstar Spud was coming in, right, I was thinking he's going to be all comedy or something. But no, he's like a he's like a damn gorilla monsoon or a Jack Tunney or whatever you want to call him. But he's He's doing a great job until Five Live has turned the corner. I wish they would do something to um, increase the audience aspect of it to where, you know, if it's either put it before SmackDown or put it on a different night and just put it on the network. Like, I guess do it. you'd have to do it out of full sale or something like that's that. That's what I was thinking, full sale. Um, but that's, that's the only problem with 205 Live is that it's after SmackDown and after a two-hour show, you know, Plus whatever time you got there and all that stuff, you're it's you're tired. Like I'm sure Fred, by that time you're about ready to pass out, weren't you? Oh, and it was funny too because I I had some friends there that left, and I hit them up. I'm like, you are missing the most amazing match I've seen in a long time. Oh, I'm an early riser. I have work in the morning. I'm like, I'm on four hours of sleep for the past five days, and I have to drive an hour and a half to work tomorrow. Like excuses, excuses, but. That's another can of worms on that topic. But I think the lasting kind of imprint I had last night is something that's just kind of been annoying me lately with wrestling. And especially when you consider being a fan of, you know, like a progress or New Japan and stuff that's outside of WWE. But look at Roderick Strong and then look at Cedric Alexander. And this is to make this point here. And I want to know what you guys think. Uh, What's Roderick Strong's character? crickets right what's right, cedric yeah. alexander's character uh he what, used to date leisha fox <laughs> right the point being neither of them have characters did they need characters to put on like a four and a half star match last night no but everybody left the show last i'm talking like there were ringside seats open and Part of me, as I mentioned, I'm like, man, I'm exhausted. Like, I, I have to get some kind of sleep. It's a miracle I woke up this morning, by the way. <laughs> well, but I'm glad you did. When I saw when they flashed Roderick Strong versus Cedric Alexander, I and they even did a mixed match challenge. And I'm like, God, this is taken for like I just want to see this match. It was well worth it, and it's just sad to me that. 60 to 65 percent of the arena just filed off and left and didn't care about those guys because they're they don't drive an ice cream truck or they're not a firefighter or you know they're not a bird or whatever stupid (laughs) thing they've been conditioned to think like well you have to have a character i mean look at bobby Roode. what's his character he wears a robe and spins around he that like when you really break it down what is someone's character but that's the point is like You've grown up your whole life thinking you have to have a character. Like HBK was a male stripper with assless chaps and Undertaker was a zombie. And, you know, when people give you a, well, that's unrealistic. Well, we saw a male stripper beat a zombie back in the day. Like, what what are you talking about? You don't need characters to enjoy wrestling. And I just, I don't know if we're going to get to a point where we can just, wrestling's wrestling, and it's just two people, it's a sport, it's just two people in a ring that just put on an incredible match that take you on a whirlwind of emotions, and you just leave going, man, that was a great wrestling match, because it was all talking last night, and mailed in matches, and then 205 Live comes on, everybody leaves, and I, I was telling people around me, I'm like, isn't it sad that at 1120, 
after SmackDown's been off the air for an hour and a half, I finally feel like I got my money's worth and I'm sitting ringside. That's pretty telling. Yeah. Um, you And you had a point I was going to bring up and I totally forgot it. Um, oh, what you just described to me as far as like not needing care. You just described New Japan Pro Wrestling as a company. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many undead wizards do you see in New Japan Pro Wrestling? How many? What, what's Okada's character? He's a he's a flashy dude that's a really good wrestler. Right? What's Tanahashi's character? Uh, which one? Hiroshi Tanahashi. What's his character? He's just a crazy he ass, guitar. He, he oh, yeah, yeah. Guitar? I'm thinking I got confused with Takahashi, not oh, Tanahashi. No problem. What's um, Kenny Omega's character? He wears a leather with glasses. Like, you know, like The brother loves Terminator. That's what he is. He's just <laughs> What's Kota Ibushi's character? He's a great wrestler. I, I was thinking AJ Styles. Yeah. He doesn't what's have What's his character? He, he's not really a character. He just He's a great wrestler. Yeah. The you know, the best characters are just themselves turned up to 11. That's that's the best that's like Randy Orton. Fuck Randy Orton. <laughs> Randy <laughs> Why? Why? You know, we had to ruin a good segment. You fucking asshole, Mike. Damn you. Uh, anything else? You can edit from, it out later. Yeah. Anything else from SmackDown this week, Fred? Anything else you need to get off your chest? I saw the Mania sign hanging up, and of course I took funny pictures of me pointing at different angles, and all night I just kept pointing for an awkward, like it was just awkward, <laughs> where people are just watching a match, and I, there's just this dude with the red hat just pointing at the Mania <laughs> sign in the crowd, and it was hilarious, like I couldn't get enough of it, but aside from that, I you know, the Mania sign was there, but it doesn't, I'm not feeling a Mania build. Yeah. And in this is the same night that Shinsuke and AJ faced off. And it's kind of like that's our match and that's on the card, but it's kind of like isolated. Like, yeah, that's like the, we're going to throw those guys a bone. But outside of that, I mean, it just doesn't feel like Randy Orton and, and Rude and gender. And it's this jumbled kind of thing. And there's really no story to it. And of course, it'll be a fun wrestling match. But the build and the excitement, it's just, I don't know. And I don't know what you guys think, but being there live, you would think, would change my, you know, energy level and excitement about Mania. I'm I'm there to have fun with friends, but as far as Mania as a show, it just doesn't, it, I left just like, man, well, I'm excited about the Cruiserweight match and AJ and Nakamura, and I'm tr- really trying hard, and I can't. Um, I am, I'm excited for Mania, but really on the level of this is my first live WrestleMania that I've right. ever gone to. So that, it, we're a little different in that boat. Um, but, um, what was I going to, where was I going with this? Uh, I'm, I'm really more excited to see the one thing this whole weekend for me is going, I'm getting to see Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes. That's like the selling point of the weekend. And and there are a couple of matches I'm excited for. I am excited for um, Charlotte and Asuka. I think that's going to end up being a great match. And there's one other match I was excited for. Uh, and, I, and I can't remember what it was. but So it can't be that too exciting, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Charlotte and Asuka uh, and AJ and Nakamura. Oh, yeah, obviously. That, those two. So... While I'm while I'm not like yeah I'm with you like if I was watching this at home, you know this mania I'd probably be like yeah yeah this yeah. is not this is far from WrestleMania 17 but 
you know, I'm excited for the fact that it's my first mania and I'm going to get to hang out with you at a couple of shows and uh, I'm excited that I get to sit in front of the TV for six and a half hours and watch it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you've got a long ass walk to concessions and to <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. At the restroom true. during that time, but I'm I'm with Mike. That's how I was last year. I, I remember Shaggy. I think Shaggy scalped his ticket or went on like Seat Geek or one of those things. And it was us back and forth like texting last year in Orlando. Like you go in, eh, it's it's going to be a game time decision. And I opted to just swim in a pool and drink a shit ton of sangria and beer and eat pizza and wings poolside. <laughs> and the iPad was like just sitting out on the edge of the pool. And I watched half of it poolside, and then I watched the other half on a couch like just comfortable and everybody complaining about having heat stroke and eight <laughs> hours of pre-show matches and you know like you really have to consider that it's after you've been to one like don't get when you hear america the beautiful and the planes fly over and you get you know all these legends that you don't really get to see and you just feel the excitement like mania is mania sunday we're all going to be jazz when we get yeah, there but yeah yeah but yeah, the build, it's just kind of like, and eh, once you've done one, it's like, eh, I kind of want to just like hang out at home and, you know, get some pizza and watch it. Yeah. And yeah. And, it. I, and I get that. I do get that. Um, I, there is some breaking news. I pre-ordered my progress, <laughs> my, I pre-ordered my progress wrestling shirt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I got an email from John saying, Hey, thank you for all your support of progress wrestling. I'm like, Hey, that's cool, man. It's my first one. Yeah. I'm pumped. <laughs> The question is, which progress shirt did you um, order? There? I got the um, the uh, main shirt, the main logo shirt, since I don't have one. The black or white? The black shirt with the white logo. Nice. Yeah, the classic. I guess that's what I was looking for. Are you going to start using a British accent in Memphis? No, because I can't pull it off. You can't? No, I can't pull off a British accent. Can you, can you try? Can you try a British accent? I'll, I'll, let me try to go into Michael Caine mode here. Hold on. I gotta think of a line from Batman. Uh, some people just want to see the world burn, Mister Mister Bruce. That's actually like it's not. That's not bad. Yeah, that's you know. Okay. You know, I don't know. I feel I can pull off some other accents, but British is kind of kind of hard. Uh, I want to say, Fred. I want to give you uh, what the uh, wrestling fans call a too sweet. <laughs> That's that's about that the kind of, that was more Aussie. <laughs> that kind of sounded more Australian. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? I can't pull them off. So we're talking accents now. So I think that's a cue that we can get out of here. <laughs> um, anything else you needed to get uh, get off your chest, Fred? <sighs> no. Okay. <laughs> well, as we like to end every episode, we like to do superstar of the week. So, guys, I ask you, who is your superstar of the week? Uh, we will start. We always start with a guest. Let's go with the guest, Fred. Is it okay to have co superstars of the week? Is that is that within the parameters and the rule book? Do whatever the hell you uh, want to do. Absolutely. My superstars of the week are none other than Roderick Strong and Cedric Alexander for putting on a clinic uh, in inside of a WWE ring. It was surreal to me to see them there. Just that they came down and wrestled, but the fact that. You know, they had Orton and the other guys coming down for the dark match that were just looking at them like, what did we just watch? Like, astonished. And it was an incredible match. So watch 205 Live this week. Mike. The Bludgeon Brothers. I knew you were going to say that because I was, I was like, I'm going to say the Bludgeon Brothers. Uh, 
Good pick. <clears throat> good pick. Good pick. Good pick. Uh, let's see. As for me, my superstar of the week. And there's no rule that we can't have the same yeah, one. Yeah, but I mean. you know, you need a little variety. I mean, it's not as fun if I say. Yeah, of course, I agree with both of your guys' picks. Um, hmm. Go back in the old data banks here. Like, fuck it. Let's go with Oscar. I mean, she didn't. She <laughs> WWE, do me a favor. Don't have Oscar speak that much. <laughs> like we, she, the English isn't there. Just, or you'll say what, like the Indiana fans did. Right. Right. Yeah. Fucking assholes. <laughs> or you know what she did when she challenged Charlotte, which was perfect. She came out with that Oscar charm, looked at her. And just did the sign point. Now, granted, it was the token sign point, but still, right. it, it it worked for me. It did. So, that is going to be it for this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. The easiest way to get to this podcast is to subscribe on iTunes while you're there. Leave a five-star review. It helps out our rating. Be sure you check out oversellpod.com. While you're there, go to the Amazon link. You're going to shop on Amazon anyway, so why not help us out? There's no extra fees or hidden fees or anything like that. It's just you shopping on Amazon, supporting this podcast like you're already going to do. Be sure you're following us on Twitter. We are at OversellPodcast, Facebook.com slash OversellPodcast. You can follow me. I am at Derek, D-E-R-I-C-K-O-V-E-R-S-E-L-L. At WolfMike23. And you can follow me at PissOff. Piss off! <laughs> now, now someone's going to create a uh, alt account for you called Hashtag Piss Off. Piss off. Uh, you know, or go. You know what? Go follow Vince Russo, bro, 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 bro. Yeah, I saw him That's and Ryan sat. I saw him, Ryan, him and Ryan sat and arguing. And Vince Russo's fucking cock. God, I hate that guy. <laughs> Fuck him. I was a part of the Attitude Era. I did more for wrestling than anyone else. Like you helped. You were controlled by Vince McMahon. What happened when you went to WCW and tried to pull your shit? Judy Bagwell on a pole match. Judy Judy Bagwell on a pole match. You had um, him, pole match. Mm-hmm. He you had him coming to the ring like he was the fucking pope in the Pope mobile. You know, man. David Arquette. Exactly, exactly. But I, but bro, 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 I've done more for professional wrestling than any of you other bros, bro, 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 bro. Go suck a dick. That's an entire episode right there. Yeah, one day, one day <laughs> we'll have the Vince Russo. And I, what I'll try to do is I'll try to get uh, Ryan Satin on. I'll just send him a DM and say, "Yo, bro, we're gonna trash Russo for an hour. You want to join us?" <laughs> he'll, pro- he'll probably say, "Oh yeah, man, that would be fun." <laughs> Folks, we're gonna get out of here. Thank you, Fred, for coming on. Uh, Mike, we'll talk to you next week. Folks, you've been listening to the Oversell Podcast.